You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? David, should I stay away from the Heat? Uh, <laughs> I, I miss a game and they have their best win of the season. Um, you covered the the Phoenix game last night on Monday, so maybe I should just stay away and not go on this road trip. Yeah, I guess on my first game of the year uh, wound up being a, a pretty good one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, the best win of the year, I would say, for the Heat. Um, sure. you know, the Golden State win was good, too. But the way that – well, there's obviously a couple of factors. One, the Suns have just been better than the Warriors this year. Uh, two, the the comeback, right? The 13 points in uh, – it was like seven and a half minutes, basically. I don't know when the Heat scored the first point in that – exactly when they scored the first points in that run. But um, I think uh, Phoenix went up with 8.03 left. Heat storms back from 13 down. Um, and most importantly, the way they played in those last eight minutes, that was, you know, I mean, you're not going to play that well for 48 minutes every night or not even necessarily for 24 or 36 minutes every night. But their defense was incredible. Uh, Bam was fantastic, obviously. Um, and then Jimmy makes uh, the signature play of the season so far for the Heat to stuff Devin Booker. Not quite at the buzzer. Dev- Booker actually got like kind of a good look at the at the buzzer. It was an off balance yeah. three, but obviously yeah. he makes those shots. Uh, all but, things considered, it was. But Jimmy was all over him in that last possession, uh, stuffs him, and then forces him into a uh, step back off balance three at the buzzer, uh, and the Heat escapes or not escapes, uh, rallies for their most impressive win of the year. Um, as I just highlighted, there's a lot of different angles to go here. Obviously, we're also recording this, we should say, on Tuesday morning. So the Heat will play uh, Wednesday night in Toronto and could lose. And <laughs> will, be, will be like the oldest news in the world because of the way he yeah. uh, Twitter can vacillate through uh, championship aspirations and Pat Riley's washed takes. Um, but uh, where, where do you want to start with this, uh, this Suns game? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with the defense, right? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Jimmy and Bam were huge, but they were also very good defensively, and Bam obviously did a lot offensively. Um, off the kind of, yeah, off of the defense. But the defense has been concerning to start the year. We've talked about it a lot uh, through the first few weeks. Um, and even last night, like against Phoenix, for most of the game, Phoenix was making a lot of sh- tough shots, but also the Heat's defense was giving up some easy ones as well. 
Um, but that final six, seven minutes or so was probably well, definitely the best defense we've seen from the Heat all season. They were flying around everywhere. But it also resembled last season's team, you know. And they're doing things a little differently this year. They're not switching Bam as much because of, you know, the way this team is built. They're trying to make up for size deficiencies. Um, but the way they played uh, down the stretch last night was was very close to the defensive team we saw in the playoffs last year when they were winning, you know, and, and a lot of important wins last season. So I think that's the most important thing. And still, there's a long way for them to go. Um they're playing zone a lot. They didn't play it mm-hmm. that much against Phoenix. They're playing zone a lot. And their zone has kind of carried the defense. The man-to-man defense is the third worst in the league right now. It's kind of crazy, points per possession. Um, so they, they have a lot of room to improve. But I think that was the most encouraging sign is, okay, when they need that type of defense, they can reach back and get it. Uh, and we saw that against, you know, one of the better offenses in the NBA. Yeah, the uh... – Bam scored, I think, 12 of the last 22 points, and the first eight of those were all off of turnovers. It was, uh, I think, a Jimmy steal, and then Bam does that yeah. spin move for the N1, um, and then I think Caleb gets a steal, and Bam, um, I think, gets, like, Jimmy runs the break, and Bam gets a little floater off of it, and then Bam gets a steal and pushes himself and does you know gets a dunk off a give and go with Max Drew. So it was really you know they obviously they executed in the half court in the last minute there with Bam making you know Bam Kyle pick and roll, uh, getting them a couple important points there. But the run happened largely because and Bam and Bam's aggression. You know we talk so much about Bam needs to be more aggressive. Bam needs more mm-hmm. to be more aggressive. He did wasn't you know he wasn't necessarily more aggressive in the half court there. It wasn't like he was you know obviously of DeAndre Ayton. That's not a guy that he's gonna abuse in the post. It wasn't like he was taking over in the half court, but right. he was really making the most of the opportunities um, to push. And that is you know if Bam is going to be like the kind of scorer that people want him to be, um, which he probably never will be. But those games where he is putting up thirty points. Those are going to be it's going to be it's going to start with the defense. And I think you really saw that, um, obviously, down the stretch on Monday night. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, he's not going to score 30 every night. We know that. I'm yeah. kind of tired of the conversation already at this point, honestly. Like, how long are we going to are people going to want Bam to do something? That's that's not his. That's not him. Right. He does right. so many other things. And and Eric Spolstra kind of vocalized that last night after the game. When he says, you know, everyone, the conversation is always for him to score 40. And that's not really his role. His role is. Yeah, he'll pick his spots. He'll find out what, you know what the team needs on a given night. Last night they needed him to be aggressive yeah. down if the stretch. If they're forcing a ton of turnovers, he's going to score a lot because yeah. he's so good in he's, transition. He's athletic. He's a matchup advantage pretty much every time he steps on the floor, especially in the open court because he's so fast and athletic for his size. So he can finish around the basket. So yeah, if you if he has the opportunity in, in transition, he should go and finish. He shouldn't stop at the free throw line and kind of survey the court. He should go to the basket and either draw a foul or 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 get a He's a great, or free th- great free throw shooter. Very good a, free throw shooter. Big man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he got to line a lot against. Yeah, me. he said he said I was like Jimmy. It was, was like Jimmy. Was yeah. After the game. That, I mean, that's been a big part of what the Heat want him to do, right? Like, yeah. If he's gonna if he's gonna raise the scoring average, it's not Just gonna be because he hits to the threes. Don't hit those. Yeah. Don't settle for those mid range pull ups or the. And he's pretty. You know, he, he actually got fouled on a couple of those, like those little half floater. I don't know what you call those shots. Like those like. Those running floaters. floaters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. He, does, he shoots a lot of those. And I thought 
early in the year, he was taking a lot of mid-range shots, like, outside the paint. And it's funny, like, I asked Eric Spolcher about something with Gabe Vincent, because Gabe Vincent shot really well in the the mid-range. I asked him a couple games ago about that, and he goes, like, that's not what we want. Like, we are going to (laughs) push the shot shot profile that we want. We want threes and, you know, shots at the rim. And they've, you know, they were back... Early on, they were taking a lot of mid-range shots, and that mm-hmm. number has gone down. And I was looking at, like, Bam's shot chart from last night. 17 of his 18 shots are in the paint. Yeah. And I think that's what the Heat wants. And, again, and, some of them are those, like, eight, yeah. nine footers. But, but it's still a paint. huge yeah. difference when you get into the paint. It exactly. forces the defense to collapse, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the one shot he didn't take in the paint was a three. Yeah, it was. So, <laughs> so I, you're seeing an effort by not just him, but other guys on the team of, Let's try to cut down these mid-range shots that we were kind of living on the first few weeks of the year. Pain shots, threes. Um, and that o- offensive profile is usually going to, work, you know, provide some type of success um, over the long run. Yeah, it was, um, I-, I think, you know, we, we it, it was the blueprint, right? Like that yeah. was, those, those eight minutes were the, that was how the Heat are going to have to win games. It was, you know, like I said, they're not going to play up. That was pretty much a perfect eight minutes of basketball. But, um, you know, capitalizing on those transition opportunities. They've, they've got to score off of those when they get them. Um, obviously, it starts with the defense, as we said. And, you know, just smart shots the entire way down the stretch. I, I think maybe Kyle Lowry took a mid-range jumper. And I think, uh, yeah. Jimmy, I think Jimmy maybe missed one from the corner. Um, but for the most part, those were obviously all Bam shots were in the paint. Um, Lowry and Struess both hit threes, uh, or no, sorry, Lowry and Martin both hit threes. Um, and, and a lot of free throws like that was, you know, it's hard to play perfect basketball like that, but that was like, they cut out all the fat basically down the stretch there. Yeah. And not to be Debbie Downer here, but the Heat needed all like everything they got, they won by one point. Yeah, exactly. They shot forty five percent on. I know. Three. I mean, the defense so, in the third quarter, like it kind of like all the stuff that happened before the game, but it was like a very eventful game even before the last couple of minutes. The third quarter yeah. was awful defensively. The first quarter they hit seven threes, and yeah. Dwayne Washington Jr. had like sixteen points in the first like the game, half of his life. For, yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was a very eventful game before the last couple of minutes, and there's a lot to nitpick there, but. Um, you know, we're early enough in the season where we're, you're still more, I think, looking for moments of yeah. of either what is wrong or what is going well. What, and what that could was, work. That was yeah. the most clear look at what could work for this team. Definitely, definitely. And, but I just want to point out, they shot 45% on threes, which was, I think is a season high. They're one-on-one now when they when they shoot over 40% from three. And they outscored Phoenix 22-2 to two at the free throw line. They yeah. still won by one point. Like, that's pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, the defense was not good close. for most of the game. It was yeah. just really good for the last eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the two free throws, fewest by a Heat opponent in team history. Two free throw makes. And yeah. the four free throw attempts are also the fewest by a Heat opponent in Heat history. So you, you, you witnessed history last night, David. Yeah, I did. Um, and, you know, I think that maybe that maybe that moves us over nicely to the Jimmy Butler block and, and just a bigger look at the defense because – would have been very easy for Jimmy Butler to accidentally foul Devin Booker on that last possession. Yeah. Um, a pretty wild possession. The Heat scores to go up, I think, with 35 seconds. Bam hit those free throws. And the Suns, you know, you don't see a whole lot of 35-second possessions with the game on the line in the NBA. But um, they, they get a foul, so it resets the clock a little bit. And then uh, 
balls bouncing around and it winds up with Booker at the top of the key with 10 seconds left. Uh, he runs it down to like five, goes to his spot, right? I think everyone in the building kind of yeah. knew what was going to happen. Booker was basically going to say, can I beat Jimmy Butler in this situation? Um, but Butler emphatically stuffs him hmm. uh, like textbook defense, basically. And then obviously, uh, like I said, Booker misses a prayer at the buzzer. Um, Bam said that block uh, goes down in history after the game. Um, great photo by our, our uh, photographer, Daniel Varela at the, at the Herald. Uh, like I said, signature moment so far of this heat season. And uh, Jimmy Butler runs over, gives Eric Spolstra the big hug after the win. Uh, Cause he was, as he said, he was just happy they finally won a game with defense. Yeah, I mean that's that's the main thing right from this game, the defense. But but Jimmy just his individual effort and defense on that play, and to use a spo term, multiple efforts on that play. Yeah. To make it just everything so tough on Devin Booker, who was really cooking for most of that game. Like he was he was like a machine out there. Um, was was just so impressive. It's just another like just more proof that. Jimmy Butler is one of the best two-way players in the NBA, yeah. like without a doubt. Like the, if you can do that to, G, to Devin Booker late in a game, I mean, Jimmy like hung in, uh, he's not like known for his athleticism, right? But he like hung in the air there. Cause like Devin tried to like stay up a little longer to kind of get Jimmy, you know, yeah, it was almost like a way down to get the shot. Kind of yeah, like double yeah. But Jimmy stayed up there and with his left hand too, blocked that. Um, just uh, as impressive as a defensive player as you'll see in the NBA. Um, and then to make it, make the second shot, you know, not as tough, but a tough one for Devin after getting the block, um, just shows you the type of guy Jimmy is. And yeah, I mean, Dev, I think, I think a comment Eric Spolcher made after the game was, was interesting where he's like, Bam and Jimmy are kind of the same guy, right? Like yeah, they're both. Yeah. I feel like we've said that all, all the time. They're, they're yeah. such unique players. Um, but yeah, you, you saw it. Last night, I mean, that game, that game could have very easily, you know, we, we're talking about the way that Bam won it on offense and Jimmy won it on defense. How many times on this yeah. show we talk about games where Jimmy scores 12 points in the last eight minutes? Um, you know, not necessarily the same way Bam did it, where it was all transition, but, you know, hitting tough jumpers or whatever. And that, I mean, and then Bam wins it on the other end. I mean, the, the signature defensive play of the time we've been on this podcast was a Bam block in the, in the, uh, the bubble Eastern conference yeah. finals. That, that that game actually reminded me a lot of like those bubble games, like where Bam, like taking his Bam, like took over on offense. He did. Was, I can't remember if that was the same. Honestly, I don't remember the, the Boston series blends that, together a little bit. Was it the same game where Bam had the takeover? I don't think it was. That was, I think, the, the I, I think it was the, the block was game one. Yeah. The, the takeover, takeover I think it was the end of the game. game. Yeah. It was yeah. a clinching game. Against yeah. I remember Daniel Tice was guarding him and like, yep. yeah, uh, that didn't end well for Boston, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like last night I had flashbacks of of that series just with the block. Obviously, it was Jimmy this time, and then yeah. Bam just taking over in the open court and just like taking advantage of his athleticism. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, again, that's perfect. They played pretty much perfect basketball over those final seven minutes. That's hard to replicate, but we saw like this team has been in so many close games, and they've mm-hmm. actually I think they're five and five in clutch games. I think they might be the second or third most in the NBA so yeah. far the first few weeks. Um, and these experiences are good, right? You, you learn things about yourselves when, when you're in, in these late game situations and you have to execute in the half court. Um, and, and, you know, the Heat have done that a lot this year. And I think one of the most encouraging things from the first few weeks, you know, I know the defense has not looked 
particularly good, but we've talked so much about the half court offense. Mm-hmm. Half court offense has been solid this season. Yeah. I think they're I think they're eight or seven or eight in half court offense. Yeah, I mean and, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. We, we've talked so much about Jimmy and, and Bam, and rightfully so. But Kyle Lowry was really good last night, just orchestrating. Yeah. Especially you know late in game, he they run two pick and rolls, like I said, with Bam and get Bam four points down the stretch. But you know he hit timely threes. Um, he his you know, the the three he hit uh, in the corner off the Struce play the like it was like a great give and go with Struce where he drives and brings the defense in and they lose track of him. Um, yeah, it was, I thought you know there there are a lot of guys really played well. Obviously Caleb Martin hit a bunch of threes, but I think Kyle Lowry was obviously the third. You know he was the third banana last night behind Jimmy and Bam, but that was like what. I mean, that's the expectation is that he's going to be the third banana. And that, that's the kind of Kyle they need. Yeah. And Tyler Hero wasn't playing. Which... Right. Yeah. And, and Chris Paul wasn't playing for the Suns. So, yeah. you know, a little, little bit of a push-ish there. Sure. Depending. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, Tyler Hero is one of the best players in, on the team. But he changes the way that he played. Yeah, right? he like, it probably yeah those last year. eight minutes would have looked yeah. very different if Tyler different. Hero was in there for Max Drews. Yeah. So. Um, they might have still won, but it would have looked a lot different. Definitely. So that'll be interesting when he, whenever he returns, which we expect it to be sometime soon. I've, I've, I've thought he was going to return the last few games and he hasn't, which has been a little bit surprising. Um, but I would expect it to be on this trip at some point. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of incorporate him back in yeah. because they have been having success while he's been out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, so Heat, with that win last night, get up to 500 for the first time this year. And I was kind of surprised that some of the guys were – a couple of people got asked about it. I think Spo got asked about it pregame, and, and Bam kind of a, talked about it a little bit after the game. Like, they kind of felt like – not a big deal. Obviously, we're 14 games into the season. But they felt like it was kind of an important – you know, just an important mark to hit, given the way this season started. Um, you kind of feel the same way that 7-7, seven and seven, considering the way this started, is um, – I don't know, an, like a, kind of an important milestone. I mean, it's not where the Heat want to be, right? right. Yeah, 500 yeah. through 14 games. But I think all things considered with how the th- things are, I think they were two and five to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you take it, especially now with eight of the next 10 on the road. Like you yeah. wanted to get back to that 500 mark before you start this tough stretch. This trip is not easy. I mean, no. Toronto, they're down a few guys, but they're still a tough team to beat in, you know, at home. You have Washington, your Wizards, who are playing pretty well they're right pretty now. Well, they're they're, they're a, um, a play-in above, contender, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what is their record? They're about five hundred. They're eight and yeah. six. Um, won four in a row. Minnesota, Cleveland, obviously, Cleveland yeah. looks like one of the best teams in the East. And then Minnesota, 
they've had their struggles, but they're all, I mean, they always give the Heat trouble. Yeah. Especially in Minnesota. Um, so, yeah, you, you wanted to get to the ship at 500. I think that entering this home center, that was kind of the goal, right? Get to start the ship at 500, kind of reset. And now if you go two and two on this trip, you come back nine and nine, you take that, right? Yeah. It's a tough trip. So I, I do think while it's not in the big picture where the Heat want to be right now, I think considering how things started, you know, I get it why they're why they're pretty happy last night to get back to this market, why it means something. Yeah, you can kind of brush away some of the pan, like the, yeah. the rightful panic that was coming when they were two and five. It's like, all right, like it's the NBA season. We play 82 of these. Um, we could still do it like they, what we just did against Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, we I think either last whenever we talked about going into this homestand, we were like, this is it was a huge stretch for them. Right. Because they played started so many on the road and. They won five of six at home. Like they, they really took care of business um, during this home. They had one road game in the middle of it, but mm-hmm. uh, really took care of business back at uh, the building that will soon formally be known as FTX Arena. One day. I don't know what it's going to be <laughs> called, but uh, yeah, I'm like, I feel like every game, by the way, side note, like I'm like asking, so is this, do we still refer to it as FTX Arena or I know. What, what do we All refer the signings to? up there, it's still in the court. I was kind of surprised how much was still, I guess they took it off the roof. I saw that someone like no that was oh, that was, was uh that was circulating that photo but oh, it's that, actually, was that was actually from the installation oh okay gotcha uh, it'll be off the roof at some point soon i'm guessing but it hasn't been done yet and i was i'm assuming i would just assume that maybe by the time the heat return home yeah they got like the a court, it's probably off the, the court now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they could they could maybe take some of the signage down around the uh around like they got the big sign obviously over uh in the over the entrance by uh yeah by the bay like the screen, yeah yeah so what, what what do you want it to be like what would you before you know obviously there's gonna be a, probably a new sponsor right they're point, gonna have a placeholder name yeah but what would your placeholder name be miami arena right it's kind of just yeah, be the miami so. arena i agree i mean people are like want it to be heat related and i guess it could be but since it's such like a multi-use venue i think something more it's not like owned miami by arena. the heat right it's owned by yeah the exactly like, right uh kind of kind of got him into this mess but <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think Miami Arena makes sense. Like, yeah. Pay respect to the history of the team and another building. I just think um, it sounds better than Heat Arena, too. Like, yeah. I don't know what else you would call it. I know, like, on the broadcast. You could do the stuff. MIA Arena. MIA Arena. Yeah. I think when it wasn't Phoenix when they were, like, between, I think it was, like, PHX Arena or something. When it yeah. was, they were between. But it was talk. I think it's talking stick now, right? But it was they were between two things. So, uh, you know, the Panthers have had a placeholder name. Florida Live, right? Florida Live. Yeah, right? FLA Live. FLA Live. Yeah. Martin's so. Park. Martin's Park sounded fine. I mean, it's nothing special, but it sounded fine. Yeah. But yeah, Heat Arena doesn't sound. I think Miami Arena or MIA Arena, like a kind of a modern take on the Miami Arena. Yeah. Right, because I get if you don't want to call it Miami Arena because like the history of the Miami Arena, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, we had couple of different orange bowls over the year right like there were uh uh like stadiums we've had multiple yankee stadiums like it's yeah. not like um so. so yeah it's not it's not like it's never done um how about heat's house heat's house it, it's like it sounds like a sitcom <laughs> it, it, it kind of <laughs> i i've heard that that's what they're they've been calling it that, on the broadcast that's what they're calling on the broadcast and like probably in arena even though i wasn't there last yeah, night yeah I, I, I should have been paying attention i wasn't really uh but I think I, that's I was, the, the, the FTX on the court is kind of jarring, honestly, given 
Everything that's happened like, in the last week. Not, yeah, it's not. I mean, it was one thing where, like, when it, they kept American Airlines on the building right. even when they weren't getting paid for it anymore. But, like, I mean, we're, like, it's one of the, it's like Enron, right? Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, like, how fast that 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 all ended, right? Like, it was, like, a not even, yeah, not even a year and a half ago. That, yeah, it was, like, last fall, right? Or, like, it was summer, last, maybe. Like last August-ish. June. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, right, June right. 2021 when it became official that they changed right. the name. It's been 17 months, or not even, like, yeah, 17 months. And they signed a 19-year contract. Like, I didn't even think it would last 19 for- years, but but I didn't think it would only last a year and a half. Got a lot of money up front, though, for it, I think, right? Yeah, I think they got 20 million of the of the. That's what Doug Hanks reported, I believe. I think they kind of got 20 million so far as oh. part of the deal. And I don't know if they got other money up front. Um, but yeah, I I and I think the county still has to pay the heat, even if they're not getting money. Like that's part so of. So the they deal. have a lot of incentive to hurry this sponsor really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, basically, by the you know basically by starting next season. I would say so. I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to do it quicker, but like I, I would say probably by this off season they'll probably be. That seems yeah. reasonable, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm kind of, I'm sidetracked now. I don't remember where we were talking before. Uh, I, I mean, we, with the road trip, right? I think we we hit yeah, a lot from the game last night. I, I guess another thing worth noting is just the Omer Yurtsevich injury. Oh right, right. It's unfortunate yeah. for the Heat and Omer that he's. Scheduled to undergo time, surgery, yeah. yeah, I think on Tuesday. So by the time you listen, you're listening to this, the surgery will be quote unquote successful, right? There's always yeah. that release. I remember uh, joking. It's like yeah. uh, you never find out it's unsuccessful on the day of. You might find out later, but no one has ever yeah. put out a press release unsuccessful right. surgery. Right. So yeah. So that's. A, I mean, it just. It's, oh, Omer was supposed to have a role in this team. He was yeah. supposed. To, you know, the Heat were trying him out in the front court next to Bam, or even he might have got minutes as a backup center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the Heat are thin up front. Like it's Bam yeah. and Bam is playing big minutes. Yeah. Deadman is battling plantar fasciitis and playing through it. But you could tell that he's in pain and his metrics haven't been great this year. Mm-hmm. But behind those, he had a couple guys, of huge threes though last night. He did. He did have a couple of huge threes. But and the Heat's house went crazy. It did. Those are two big shots. Like that was like sure. when he were down like by third double digits. I think and late in the third quarter and yeah, it was kind of made it like you know, by if, eight. If I think they, yeah, if it had could have been a Become a blowout if yeah the shots not yeah down. those are big shots but yeah behind those two like they have Orlando Robinson and then yeah Udonis Haslam Nik- Nikola Jovic and Jamal Kane I guess so they have to hope if Bam goes down I don't know what they'll do that's yeah. the one guy I mean he's not replaceable in the first place but like right now with the depth they have at that position yeah and it's not like he, you can just pull centers off the street like guards no. you can always pull like a pretty good guard out of the G League or you know. I mean, we saw Dwayne Washington Jr. like last night. Like a lot of there's a lot of Dwayne Washington Juniors running around in the NBA. There's not right. uh, a, there's not a lot of Omer Yurtsevens out there. No, and that was last year that's what saved them. Omer played yeah. really well as a starting big. Um, but yeah, they 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 need to hope that Bam stays healthy because I don't think they could survive an extended absence by Bam this year because you know after Omer's injury and him probably being out until. At least March or so. I will say one thing I that was stood out to me last night again, my first game in person this year. Um, when they play against a big center like DeAndre Ayton, it's like mm-hmm. kind of jarring how small this lineup is, especially when yeah. Bam's out there. I mean, Deadman's obviously a really big guy, and um, 
you know, like your would have probably been useful last night in a game yeah. like that where you've got such a big center where, um, and especially, like you said, they're not switching Bam as much as they probably could. Um, but, you know, like they, they just don't have a lot of other options beyond that to guard a big guy like that. And obviously yeah, there's a lot of good centers in the league right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. And that's like definitely, I think, an interesting conversation to have at some point. But they've changed the way they play defense. Like, yeah. They they don't switch as much. They're still switching a lot, but Bam is not switching as much. He's playing a lot of drop coverage, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird to see him. I even asked him about it a few days ago, and he's like, yeah, I'm not really used to it. I'm kind of trying to, like, learn how to do it, but it's not my comfort zone. I'm so used to switching. But in order for that, you know, to avoid a Kyle Lowry being switched onto a big man, which other teams have taken advantage of right. for the past year or even to start this season, like the Heat have made the adjustment of playing drop and kind of giving up that mid-range runner but keeping Bam attached to the center. Um, is that playing to Bam's strengths and ma- maximizing his defense ability? Probably not, but this team is not built for him to be guarding guards all the time because they're so small around him. Um, yeah. And that's part of why they've also used zone a lot too, because it keeps Bam in the middle anchoring the, the defense. So it, it is interesting, interesting to see how they've adjusted their defensive scheme because of kind of not having PJ and that big, you know, PJ's not huge, but he's a bigger body that could, so, you know, survive against bigger players. They don't really have that right now, and, and you're seeing that with the way they're playing defense. Yeah. Uh, so the the number that kind of stood out for me about their defense down the stretch was they did not give up anything at the rim. I think the only mm-hmm. – I think they gave up two layups in the fourth quarter, and both were putbacks by uh, Torrey Craig. So it was like – that That was – you know, Bam obviously plays a big role in that, but that's just like – and the Suns are a really good mid You know, they probably – take uh their shot profile is probably more yeah, a ton of mid range average team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like they were getting not bad shots, but like you saw like the if if the Heat play man to man the way we know they can, it, it makes a, a big difference. But it's really hard to do that across forty eight minutes. And you know, I think we we mentioned that like they kind of played perfect for the last eight minutes of the game and the spotlight gets shown on it because it was in the last eight minutes. But most NBA teams can have a Obviously, most NBA teams, like, perfect stretch looks different than that, right? It, like, is, like, they go seven for nine from three mm-hmm. and score, like, 25 points in a five-minute stretch or something. But, um, you know, the Heat can play a stretch. like You know, if, if they did that to end the second quarter, we wouldn't be talking about it, right? And they can do that, right? Like, you can play a perfect stretch. It doesn't always have to be right at the end of the game. But they just need more stretches. It doesn't have to be eight minutes. That's a long time. But, like... They just need more stretches like that um, on a nightly basis, and this team will be in a much better spot. They we mentioned like kind of struggle to play 48 minutes. Most teams do, um, but they if you do if you're going to struggle to play 48 minutes um, because depth issues or whatever, you got to play like a really good uh, yeah you know six seven minutes somewhere to to build a lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what they did against the Hornets two games ago, even like right. when the, yeah, third, the quarter, third quarter they made that huge run and they pulled away. I'll take that. I'm, I'm like, you know, those games will recover and it comes down to the final seconds, which it feels like every game this year. Those are not easy, as you saw last night. Those are not easy to write <laughs> about. I was like, I can't believe you do this. <laughs> <laughs> those are not easy, especially when you're on the road and you're trying to navigate where the locker room is and all that. So, I mean, yeah. nobody cares about that, but I'll take double-digit results because that makes it easier on us. Yeah, we'll see if they can get a couple of those on the road. Um, all right, you got any uh, final thoughts before we get going? No, I, I mean, I think, you know, now as I travel to Toronto later today, um, 
this is an important trip, right? Like I, I think right a successful trip will probably be two and two. Um, you come back 500 from a from a tough trip like this, you you take it. So we'll see mm-hmm. if the Heat can build on this momentum and kind of not have another setback um, yeah. the next week. It could go better than two. Like those are, it's not it like could. they're going to play yeah. Phoenix, Golden State. Like right. they, they've got a chance. We'll see. I, I'll be really interested. One. Yeah. Again, I'll be really interested to see how they play tonight. Um, obviously that'll be, or sorry, Wednesday night. Um, it'll obviously be old news by the time people listen to this. But if they can really like, and again, you, as you mentioned, Toronto really, really banged up. Yeah, um, they're missing they Siakam can, and yeah. Achua. Like that's a winnable game for the Heat. Yeah, if they can build on what they did on uh, Monday. Um, you know, they, they basically were like, this is, you know, they, I think they want, Spo wanted them to learn that this is how we're going to have to play. I think he said, like, we found our identity tonight a little bit or, or showed what our identity should be. Um, I'll be really interested to see how they can build on that. Um, obviously first against Toronto and then on this entire road trip. Yeah. If they could, if they can beat Toronto, like this could be a three and one trip, but I think two and two, you take it. That's yep. that's kind of that's kind of the goal I think entering. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. All right, uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He will be on the road for this four-game heat trip starting in, in Toronto on Wednesday and going through the nation's capital uh, later in the week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, kind of a quiet week finally, right? Dolphins on a bye and. Um, Miami Clemson. Miami Clemson. Not, yeah. I thought at the beginning of the year I was going to be going up to Clemson, but they eventually were like, this team is not worth sending two people up to Clemson for. So, but I'll be watching from home and all that kind of stuff. So, it'll be what's the spread? What's the spread of that game? Do you know? Uh, last I saw, I think it was 19. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought it might be two, three touchdowns, but I was like, ah, that's a lot. Maybe they'll just do two touchdowns. Yeah, Clemson's offense isn't great, but yeah, I mean, there's not. I mean, Miami was finally like good vibes, right? Like. Freshman. Good yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if you would say like, you know, obviously anytime you beat a team by three touchdowns, right? Um, it's, like it's not a bad thing, but like at least good vibes with all those young guys playing well. Yeah, you felt you felt good for them. They were happy after it's been a tough season, so it was good yeah. to see them kind of have a little bit of a breakthrough. Yeah, third string quarterback gets a win. Yeah. Um, obviously not the backup quarterback, but um, still like good vibes, I would say. For the first time in a long time. Um, All right. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening. uh, And we will talk to you guys next week.